Welcome to Val F.B. Stuttgart Americana, an American-based English-language Val F.B. Stuttgart fan podcast where reviews are unofficial, uninformed, and usually unprepared. This is episode 35, and for episode 35, we decided to bring him out of hibernation. Austin, welcome back to the program. Austin, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, you know, the, there's a, a thing about there's only four teams that uh, dropped in position on the table this week. One of them was Hoffenheim. Can you guess who the other three were? You are. I don't know why we have you on this <laughs> stupid podcast. You are such a terrible person. Um, I'm no. guessing one of them well, might be Stuttgart. Well, well, Stuttgart, Cologne, and Freiburg all dropped on the table this week. Oh, uh, our club's good. Yeah. So, um, but to bring it back to a positive note. So, uh, we have family over at the house this week, so I did not watch any games except for uh, a couple spots that you asked me to watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch any Bundesliga at all this weekend. So, well, yeah, you, you kind of lost me when you said talking about positive. Speaking of family, I think most people <laughs> would, would probably disagree with <laughs> with that. Uh, Austin, you can reach him at OzSwords or at U underscore SCF underscore Society. Uh, he's going to play a big role today, kind of help us get some insight into what uh, it's turning to be a huge match coming up when we uh, head to Freiburg here. So we'll get his insights on that. But first off, Oz, let's jump into part one. Stuttgart hosted Leipzig. Stuttgart ended up losing uh, two to nothing, but they played really, really well. So let's get into match day 19. So back on my, match day two, it was a blowout, four to nothing. And that's just kind of the trend in this series. There's been seven matches between these two clubs. Stuttgart has scored one goal in those seven. Um, it might be eight now after, after that loss. Uh, Leipzig is having a pretty poor season by their standards, but they were coming off a big win last week over Mainz. Stuttgart obviously is struggling quite a bit. What kind of thoughts did you have as a uh, unbiased bystander looking at this one? Well, like you said, Leipzig is, is not having a great season, but Leipzig does this thing in the last couple of seasons that, it seems to where they get to the point where they get themselves out of contention for the championship and then they start playing well again. So, so this was kind of, you know, I kind of expected this kind of a result. Um, I thought Stuttgart would play well, um, but with, with, you know, again, getting, getting some legs under you, getting the team to gel again with some guys coming back, I thought this was an expected result. Yeah, I didn't have any expectations going into this one. Um, But as the week got closer to match day, I was kind of like, well, wait a minute. Uh, Leipzig hasn't won a match on the road. So maybe we can at least get a point out of this one. So maybe we could get get a point. But it wasn't wasn't meant to be. So let's dive into that a little bit. So we look at the lineup, and there was four changes from the previous week. Uh, The good news was Dino Mavropanos was back. And then uh, Narti and Koulibaly and Tibidi were in the lineup for Massimo, Forster, and Sosa. It was kind of interesting because last week, uh, Pellegrino Monterazzo, the coach of Stuttgart, was pretty critical. He didn't name any players by name, but he was pretty critical of some of the guys who played last week versus Furt and that disappointing 0-0 draw. And um, we haven't seen that a lot from Monterazzo, so I think the stress of the situation might be getting to the club a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think we now know which players he was talking about who – didn't maybe perform as well as as they should have Massimo Forster uh, so excited to his credit was out because of, of an injury were there any 
issues with the lineup or anything you saw with the lineup that made you raise an eyebrow or? Well, yeah, because like you're saying, that uh, my rods are coming out and saying that. And then, you know, seeing the lineup and I saw Kuvali got on the pitch again mm-hmm. uh, this week. So, yeah, there must be some, you know, stuff going on. If, if I mean, I know we've been negative on Kuvali and we'd like to see him do well, but if Kuvali's on the pitch for this team, then, yeah, things aren't going well for some people. You know, it's like, I, I'll disagree with you there. I thought he played really, really well. Maybe mm-hmm. he needed a chance – not a chance, but maybe you need to sit last week just to kind of see things, um, kind of slow down a little bit on the field. In uh, right. Kubali's defense, I mean, I didn't watch the entire game, so I don't know how well he did. I just mm-hmm. saw that he was out there. And from past <laughs> performances, that I thought that was interesting because he hasn't sold the pitch in the last couple of weeks, right? Well, he didn't – yeah, he didn't start – he didn't play at all against Furt. Um, so – and we just came off the winter break. So it was – I thought he played pretty well, to be to be quite honest. I think most of the team played really well. The thing that really was surprising to me, and I think most Stuttgart fans, is that Mark Oliver Kemp, for the second week in a row, did not play. And this time, he didn't even make it on the bench. And after the match, I believe it was Sven Mislintat who said, you know, they admitted, maybe it was, it was Matarazzo, that, you know, he's in talks with Hertha Berlin. And even though nothing concrete has happened, you know, maybe they want to make sure he doesn't get hurt. So if they are going to unload him, they can unload him. The thing that was kind of wild is Monterazzo said, well, the main reason was because Karazor, who's more of a defensive midfielder, was fit. And if Kemp is being outplayed by Hikori Ito, who is brand new to the league, and Karazor, who's never super impressed, I, 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 that that isn't great for him. And at this point, despite how desperate we are, I think the writing's on the wall with Mark Oliver. It's just time. It's it's interesting because again, you guys have talked about for weeks about how he's got one foot out the door. You don't want to have that negative energy and things like that. But at a certain point, Matarazzo has got to go. Look, as, as you stated before, this guy is a threat in the box. So maybe we need to just you know put him out there just to get some production. Yeah, I. That's where I'm torn a little bit. Is that on free kicks and corner kicks in the box? He's he's had some success, um, but he's being outplayed by a guy who's never played in the Bundesliga before right now, and Corey Ito. And um, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I think Corey Ito only has two first names, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he he's gotten beat on names, so I mean, it it is right. Well, Mark right, Mark Oliver Kemp does have three names. <laughs> he only has two so yeah maybe he should be back on the, <laughs> the starting lineup the other uh guy who's in the lineup who i was kind of surprised about was tibbity um alexis tibbity is a young kid from the uh, youth team who is really impressed and has played quite a bit um and i posed this question to matt who is often on the podcast before the game started and the lineup was posted is this is the fact that tibbity is playing does that mean he's pretty good or does that just mean we're really desperate on offense? And I think, I think both things can be true, unfortunately. So that that was, that was a lineup going into the match, not a ton of surprises. Uh, Unfortunately, Silas was out because of, uh, because of he's not fit from COVID. Sosa was injured with some muscle uh, issues, issues. Uh, Wahid Fahir was still out, I think because of COVID I'm not 100% sure there, but for the most part, the lineup was, 
kind of what you would hope for if you were a Stuttgart uh, supporter. So we go into the match. Um, there were two big calls. One was a, a call. One was a non-call. Oz, you are a resident officiating expert, and you are the uh, master of our segment. Are you refing kidding me? Where you analyze officiating calls and you try to give us your unbiased opinion. All right. Of those two calls, I think one was an easy one. One was a difficult one. Uh, what did you think? Now, the, the first handball, that was Mavropanos, wasn't it? Yes, sir. How, how fitting is it that Mavropanos comes back and he is the reason you go down early in the game? That's but, fitting at all. <laughs> well, uh, look, the first, the first uh, call was, I, I got to say, I'm going to put it out there. He had his hand away from his body. It was an unnatural position. If that's how you run or if that's how you defend, then, yeah, you should get handballs called on you. So in this case, I'm going to say he got it refing right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many people are going to disagree with you. So let's go to, yeah, it was an unfortunate situation because the first half, um, it took Stuart a minute to grow into the match, but they did. And then in the 40th minute and 44th minute, Ito and Endo had chances and they looked like the stronger team as the match went on. And then we go into the 50, uh, we go into the second half. And that continued. Uh, Kalajic had a header around the 56 minute. Mangala had a shot around the 63rd. Anton had a header around the 67th. Uh, they were just, they were throwing stuff into the box. And despite Sosa not being there, they were getting some good opportunities. So let's talk about the one opportunity that didn't take place. Alexis Tibbety is heading down the field. He is heading into the box. He is fouled. Or is he? Austin, that 58th minute play. What do you think? This is more of a, are you refing kidding me? It's not a very like statement refing. There, there are situations in American football where uh, our, our fans, our fan mom, who doesn't you know watch football that much in, in America, but there are situations where I think where a ref will throw a flag. In, in American football, we throw flags. We don't hold things up. We just throw. And they'll throw a flag in the hopes that it will get reviewed and it will be changed. And then that way they could go, well, yeah, I, I threw the flag this, you know, in case it was, they reviewed it and it came back that, that it wasn't a, a penalty. And so it gets resolved. And I think this was one of those situations where they didn't make the call hoping that uh, bar would step in and change it. And I thought the more you watched it, the more it looked like a penalty. Because if you watch it, it doesn't look like the defender makes contact with the ball at any point during the play. And I thought that was an are you refing kidding me? Because I thought that the contact, if you make contact with somebody, just throw your hands up in the air, that doesn't negate the penalty. I don't understand that. So I thought because he did not come in contact with the ball at any point during the play, that it should have been a penalty. Yeah, I, I, I thought... If you look down at the play on the ball on the feet, there didn't seem to be much there. But if you looked at the the, the play body to body, it mm -hmm. looked like a pretty clear push. I was really surprised that it didn't even go to VAR at all. I thought it would it would go there. So I know a lot of Stuttgart fans were disappointed that that didn't even get a second a second look because it looked like it could have been close enough to be called to me too. And then it got me thinking too, who would have taken it of the guys on the pitch? There's 
I think that would have been an interesting dilemma is to see who would have taken it. Uh, probably Dino Mavropanos, who's our lead goal scorer, put him out there. But well, was Koulibaly in at that point? I would like to see Koulibaly get a uh, get one of those kind of momentum shift uh-huh. penalty kicks. Uh, but no, he was not in the match at that point. He didn't come on until about the 76th minute. Uh, okay. So it would have been something like uh, Tibbity or Massimo. Uh, Furich was out there. You Who, had... Who's the guy that tried to chip shot against his old team? <laughs> Omar Mark. Maybe he could have got a second chance at that. <laughs> yeah, he's playing in the Africa Cup of Nations right now. And uh, so he's not even on the roster. He's playing oh. uh, their continental tournament and uh, playing a lot of minutes. So I, I guess that's good. But he, he's going to be gone for most of the month of January. But yeah, maybe we could have tried one of those other lob shots. Uh, it goes off off the uh, off the bar there. So this, it wasn't meant to be, but they were playing really well. And then sure enough, on a counter around the 70th minute, Leipzig scores to make it basically out of touch. So the game is going to end 2 2 nil. Uh, Stuttgart is going to have their fourth scoreless match in a row. There are some positives, though. And uh, Stuttgart fans and supporters are pretty down right now. And um, I'm, I'm one of them, but I'm trying to turn on the, 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 the rainbows and unicorns here. Some good things. Uh, Kalajic played 90 minutes again. Um, the team as a whole, despite Soso looking, uh, being out, played well on offense. Uh, Endo, Ito, and Anton all played fantastic on defense. This Tibbity kid is playing well. And I think to harness what almost every Stuttgart supporter is saying is that if the team plays like this going forward, they, here's the thing, they had more shots, two to one, than Leipzig. They had more corners, five to one, which five to one <laughs> than Leipzig. Uh, the XG was higher than Leipzig. The problem was this team is just running into so much bad luck. And the biggest piece of bad luck they had is they ran into a goalkeeper, Galachi. I wish Jeff was here so he could at least say something bad about this guy, uh, who had eight saves, the most saves he's ever had. So it's just one of those things where if they play like this going forward, I, like a lot of people, like their chances to pick up some points, but it's got to start soon. It's got to start next week, you know, to be. Yeah, honest. I think, I think Matarazzo uh, summarized it pretty well is that the, the points will come, the, you know, and hopefully he's correct, obviously, but, you know, the points will come. Yeah. This was a disappointing result, but the points will come. Well, let's give it, the, uh, we're going to do our first ever Rustoleum player of the match. Rostolium is the unofficial official supporter sponsor of this organization or this podcast, I should say. And uh Rostolium, it protects your stuff, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the D to the, the, the defensive player who played uh, the best of all the Stuttgart players, uh it probably should go to Galachi from Leipzig, but darn it, he's not gonna get it. Um, I'm going to give it to uh, Hikori Ito. Why not? He's played really well all year. He played really well uh, the other match. Um, he's made Mark Oliver Kemp expendable. So hopefully uh, he enjoys his non-existent can of Rustolian <laughs> that will be headed, headed his way. So there you go. Well, well, fun fact about Ito, by the way, I was watching uh, Buckaroo Banzai with my kids uh, the other day, and uh, there was a I believe his name is uh, Frank Ito or a Robert Ito. That's what uh, it is. Robert a Ito. Canadian. He's a Canadian actor who's of Japanese descent. And he, I'm going to believe forever in my world, is his father. 
And so I don't think he's going to need the rust him or whatever this stuff is, but, you know, he'll probably accept it, take a couple pictures and, you know, put it on the shelf. Of course you would accept it. Rustolium is an amazing product. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah, and as we know, thank you, Austin. Everybody who has the same last name is obviously really. <laughs> so. in, in my world, yeah. he and this guy, this actor will always be related. All right. Well, congratulations <laughs> to his potential Canadian actor father, who I guess we'll have to get our research department on that. to move. <laughs> Speaking of research, let's move into part two, storylines and news. All right, Austin, did you like what I did there? I added in some tech. We're going to have a uh, storyline uh, lead in some music there. Oh. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know you never listen to the podcast, so you won't know. So or you're not worried. All right. So I'm going to give you five storylines that have happened over the last week. You ask, uh, you tell me which one you think uh, we should cover. Players leaving, injuries, value, relegation talk, or old friend Gonzalo Castro. Can I only pick one? Uh, how about this? You pick one and then you can ask me one. Okay. Um First, I'll ask you about your old friend. <laughs> Gonzalo Castro. So we just wrapped up watching the Billefeld first match. And for to their credit, came back from one nil down to go up two one until Gonzalo Castro was subbed on to his he now plays for Armenia Billefeld. And of course, Gonzalo Castro scored a beautiful goal to get the draw so now Billfeld is ahead of us on the table and everybody if you go on Twitter right now the Stuttgart Twitter is blowing up with of course Gonzalo Castro scored um, and the, the fan base is kind of upset and I know it wasn't apples to apples but Danielle Dadavi is on the roster Gonzalo Castro is not on the roster and many of the fans I'll put myself I'll just speak for myself not anybody else are just fed up with Danielle Dadavi and uh, God bless him for everything he's done, the career he's had, but he only can really play in half the games because of his COVID stance. And so he's kind of like a Kyrie Irving of the NBA where he can only play in certain matches. Um, and it's not that they play the same position. It's not that the value of money was the same, but Gonzalo Castro is what this team I think needs. Now, they're not going to get relegated or promoted because of Gonzalo Castro, although today, <laughs> maybe, but yeah, I was one of those who thought we should have kept him. I am one of those who think it's going to help Billfeld. I said that um, during my Hinrunda review and uh, Rook Runda predictions, and I'm one who's really concerned now. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, thanks, Gonzalo, for scoring today. And um, yeah, I think that's a that's a painful one. I think Daniel Dadavi has made zero impact on the squad. This year, and as somebody wrote on Twitter, Gonzalo Castro has scored more goals in 2022 than the entire Stuttgart roster. <laughs> so, yeah, that's huh. that's. Well, a, I, yeah, I would I would like to comment on the the values. Um, All right, it, what do you got? It, it, I think it's it's great for a team like Stuttgart, it's a team that is uh, similar to a Freiburg, where you know you're not going to be bringing in you know the the Lewandowski's, the, the Hollands and stuff like that. And so we don't fact, want them. Exactly. <laughs> so, so the fact that, 
you you had this amazing season last year, and then you know, so all the values of of, of certain players moved up. I think that's gonna you know benefit you in the long run, especially a team like Stuttgart, where you you need to make, have this you know turnover of talent, and you know I think it's gonna help you uh, financially within the club, not not just in and bringing in players or paying for players, but but the, the finances of the club in general, I think are gonna benefit from that. Yeah, so what happened there was a report that came out, or not a report, a study that they studied all the European leagues and Stuttgart was sixth of all the teams in Europe in terms of increase in value from the previous year. So they went mm -hmm. essentially from just under hundred million in value to oh, almost 200 million. Those numbers aren't quite, mm -hmm. quite right but it essentially doubled the value of the team. And a lot of that is in Kalajic and Silas and Sosa and Mangala and players like that. So what Sven Mislintad has been trying to tell all of us who are panicking is, listen, we've got things set up so that the future is going to be bright for this team, even if the worst case uh, scenario, you know, hits. So that's kind of a feather in the cap of the club that they've got this great scouting. They've got this much value. And like you said, hopefully they can, if worst case happened, they could turn some of those players into some big time cash to do what is necessary to get the club, you know, back, back up. But we're not, we're not down, down there yet, but it is interesting. There was another study that came out. Uh, Stuttgart is the second most injured team in the Bundesliga in terms of missing time. Um, and Hitzelberger said that uh, relegation promotion situation will probably come down to the last match day, which is fan flipping tastic <laughs> and um, players leaving just real quick. Uh, Al Gadoui went to Cyprus. Good luck to him. He was always a stand-up player, just wasn't able to find time in the Bundesliga, but always seemed like a really good guy. Philip Clement is with Paderborn, started in his first match with them and helped them get the win down in the second league. And just as uh, today, Momo Sese, a winger uh, who hasn't really got much time, is moving on to Poland. So those are the storylines that are hitting Stuttgart this week. Um, but the biggest one to me is Gonzalo Castro <laughs> sticking it to his old club <laughs> in a roundabout way. So uh, there, there we go. All right. So part three is usually questions. Good news, Oz. Yes. No questions. I can answer that. <laughs> we nailed that segment. <laughs> All right. So the main reason <laughs> we've got you on is because you're a Freiburg supporter and uh, we want to talk about the big match coming up, which I think is going to be the, arguably the biggest match uh one of the biggest matches of the season for this club so let's get into our predictions um this week i went six and three jeff and matt went five and four you went four and five so you are still in the lead 86 wins to 76 losses i have 82 wins so i'm only four behind you matt's got 79 jeff is in relegation zone with 77 so picking up some ground uh but jeff is first with picks on stuttgart he is 10 and nine you and I are nine and 10 and Matt is eight and 11 tip kick. Once again, <laughs> lost it's on an 11 match losing streak. It is six for 27. It predicted a three, three draw for the Leipzig match. Um, I, I've got to give tip kick a stern talking to <laughs> It's just not doing uh, what it needs, what it needs to do. All you right. Put, so, that, put tip kick on a loan or something. Yeah, somewhere. It needs to go to like a preschool or a date and find out, you know, what real uh, play is about. So as we move into match day 20, let's break this down. So it's your club, Freiburg versus my club, Stuttgart. Match day three, these two played. Uh, Stuttgart was down 0-3 early, but then Adino and Al-Gadoui goal late. 
brought this back to 2-3. Shockingly, there were no goals in the second half, so the match ended 2-3. Uh, three of those guys from the starting 11 are basically gone. Al Gadoui, Clement, and Mark Oliver Kemp. Uh, these two have played 46 total matches. Stuttgart leads 26-14. to 14. Here's the fun thing. Over the history of this uh, derby, there's been an average of three goals per game. So goals are usually scored big time in this one. Um, Freiburg's got Stuttgart's number, though. The last six matches, Stuttgart only has one win versus three mm -hmm. losses. Freiburg has had simply an amazing season over the course of uh, the last 18 or 19 matches. But they're 2-2-4 two, two and four in their last eight. They're coming off a blowout versus uh, Dortmund, which can happen. Um, Give us a little insight into how the club has started. Every, it's a feel-good story. Everybody loves Freiburg. Uh, as much as I try to podcast about how much we should hate Freiburg, everybody loves Freiburg. <laughs> Even I love Freiburg. But let's give us some insight as to anything that happened over the winter break and then how the season has started for you guys in 2022. You know, it, over the winter break, we really didn't do much uh, of, of note. You know, at, we we pretty much stayed the same. We, it's a steady ship over there, you know, strike, you know, is strike. He'll, he'll keep the team doing what Freiburg does. The, the problem that we've had is we've, we've gotten a little bit of the Stuttgart bug, if you will. We, uh, last week and the week before against Bielefeld, uh, Mark Flecken was out. Um, so we had to have our backup goalie in who looks like a deer in the headlights. It, it's just awful. And against the BFL game, he let in a goal that it, it was an impossible angle. But so you got him out. You have Schlotterbeck, who who is rumored to be getting a lot of interest from mm -hmm. some top clubs. Um, he was out uh, due to COVID related issues as well. And so, you know, the, I don't think that the start of the year is reflective of how this team has been playing lately because we've been missing a, a, a considerable amount of our back back line and our goalie. So, you know, that makes me feel a little bit positive going into Stuttgart because they're supposed to be back um, for this game. But Stuttgart uh, worries me because, you know, Freiburg has a tendency to, you know, in a game that, you know, Let's be honest, Stuttgart's a little down. We should probably take this game. And, you know, but they play up to the, the talent level in which they're playing. And I'm not saying Stuttgart's a bad team. It's just that they might take Stuttgart a little easier than they probably should. And that worries me. Yeah, I don't know if Strike would, would allow that to happen. Um, <laughs> the, the thing that I know is it's, when we do our predictions, I changed my prediction at the last minute when I saw that Benjamin Upoff was starting former Stuttgart goalie, former Karlsruhe goalie, current Freiburg goalie. He is just all over Baden-Württemberg everywhere. Watch out Hoffenheim. He's coming for you. Um, and then when Schlotterbeck was out, I was like, okay, you guys are in, in trouble. So are both of those players scheduled to be back for the Stuttgart match next weekend? Uh, I'm assuming so. If they, if they were out, for because they originally were both out for the Bielefeld game. So, you know, if they're still doing the 10 day quarantine, uh, then they should be back and they should be training as we speak to get back on the field. Yeah, that I think that could be a huge blow for you guys, could be a huge advantage for us. Uh, Benjamin Alpoff just isn't a 
Bundesliga quality goalie. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's a good Zweitaliga goalie. Just not there. And if, if Flecken's played really well, so if he's out of yeah. the match, I like our Yeah, Flecken, I'm sorry, but Flecken's been quietly one of the best goalies in Bundesliga this year. And so you take that away and, you know, it's just, it's tough. So, yeah, I think those are going to be the two biggest, uh, the biggest, I guess, lineup ins or outs that is going to mm-hmm. impact the game. Uh, for Stuttgart, the nice thing is that their lineup is starting to be uh, regularized. Our back four of Ito, Anton, and Dino, and Mueller is set. And then you've got Mangala and Endo in the middle who are playing well. And then you've got Kalajic up front who is getting back into form. If not for Galachi's amazing day at goal, he would have had at least one goal in there. He just, he's going to get, he's going to get it there. You add yeah. with lot. I think the key for, it'll be interesting. If you guys are missing up and I'm sorry, if you guys are missing Flecken and Schlotterbeck and we're missing Sosa and Silas, I wonder what. It's almost uh, it equals itself out, cancels itself out kind of yeah, situation. I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm oddly optimistic about this match. I think the last, yeah. the way that Sugar has played, especially against Leipzig, the problem for us is, like you mentioned with Freiburg, is that we tend to play to our opposition as well. Freiburg, though, is a top seven team. So we're, we're Europa, Europa Conference right now, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> no, the, well, and the other worry that I have about Stuttgart is that it, the last couple of weeks have been them gelling, getting back together, understanding each other again. And I think what I'm worried about is this game, it all comes together where you you get these guys that are like, okay, we're back to it. We're the band's back together fully and we yeah. we know what we're doing. And that's, that's what worries me. That's why I'm optimistic is that I think the biggest addition, if Sosa can come back for this match, and then Silas can come on even at the 60th minute or 70th minute on the other side. I like, I can't believe as a Stuttgart fan, I'm saying this, our chance is it's like, it's been a rough go for us for a while. That Furt match really hurt a lot. The Leipzig match, like you said earlier, was ex- uh, kind of expected. I'm optimistic going into this one. Um, I just think, like you said, things are starting to gel a little bit. And things are starting to come together a little bit. And I don't even honestly want to think about if this result doesn't turn out the way I'm hoping what's going to happen. Cause then I believe we have a, a little bit of an international break or uh, after this match. And then I think it's Frankfurt and Leverkusen coming up and those aren't easy, easy matches at, at all either. So we need, we need this win big. I like our chances though. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm not cautiously optimistic. I, it's uncomfortable for me. I'm not used to being this optimistic. Well, yeah, and, and again, going back to Schlotterbeck, I mean, if Schlotterbeck's out, I mean, we I can't think of anyone who we have that could, you know, body up uh, Clyde. And so that that's a big concern for me as well. So that's why I'm hoping Schlotterbeck is back for this game. Yeah, and I've got a feeling that Stuttgart is going to throw everything they have into this match. You get three points here going into that break, and mm-hmm. – it's true what you and I are both saying that the team is gelling together. The whole atmosphere changes. The whole um, 
approach is changing all that stuff and things are looking a lot better as we head into into february so let's get into let's get into some of the matches and we'll hit up the stuttgart prediction here in a minute so let's get into our predictions the friday matches frankfurt who is 10th on the table hosting billefeld who is uh they're now 16th on the table uh frankfurt got the draw at augsburg uh they were missing their starting goalie they were missing uh costage as well and billefeld got that draw versus Furt, which they're probably i'm curious if they're disappointed with in that one because they had a chance to get uh completely out of the relegation zone who do you see taking this one it is billefeld plus 0.5 i like frankfurt in this one i, I think frankfurt has been playing really well lately um record wise being being damned but i think i think they playing really well i think they're right where they will be on the table at the end of the year. And so I'm thinking Frankfurt in this one. I am going to take Billefeld in this one. Actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to take Frankfurt, but I'm going to keep my hand on the piece. If The thing is, if Kostic is playing, I'm taking Frankfurt in a second. If Kostic is not playing, I'm taking Billefeld in this one. And it's just, he is so important to that team that, him being out, I'll be honest, I was happy that there was a draw in that match. With Kostic being out, I expected Augsburg to win. So to me, he's the key to their team. He's the key to their season. If he's out, I like Bielefeld in that one. If he's in, I'm, I'm taking Frankfurt all day long. What about the next one on Saturday? It's Gladbach, who was 12th on the table. They had a pretty unlucky loss versus uh, versus Frankfurt. They're Oh, not Frankfurt. Uh, who did Gladbach lose to? Gladbach lost to oh, Leverkusen. I'm sorry. They had that crazy loss to Leverkusen. Their goalie, Summers, blocked two penalty kicks, and they still ended up losing. They're hosting fifth on the table, Union Berlin, who got a big, unexpected, in my opinion, win over Hoffenheim. Austin, it's Union plus 0.5. We know how much you love unions. What are you going to do? Oh, man. Gladbach's just having one of those seasons where nothing can go right. And I, I expect it to continue here. Uh, I'm going with my union. I'm going to go Union on this one, too. I, it's interesting that had Gladbach not gotten that big win versus Bayern, they'd be right down in the fun relegation playoff talk. But they got that luck, meh, lucky good, whatever you want to call it, win, and, and that gave them a little breathing room. So, no. Oh. You are wrong, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry there, everybody. Yeah, so I'm going to take Union plus 0.5 in that one, too. That was a nice little uh, guitar solo <laughs> that just happened. All, right. All right, another Saturday match is Bayer Leverkusen coming off that win over Gladbach. They are third place on the table. They are just playing really well versus this Augsburg team who is 15th and just won't go away. What makes this interesting is Augsburg is getting one goal in this one. What do you think? I'm going to take uh, the Leverkusen. I'm taking Leverkusen this morning. I, I think Augsburg, Augsburg, I think their their luck's going to run out at some point. And I think uh, this, this is one of those games where they should lose and they will lose. This is, yeah, we're this three in a row where we agree. Uh, Augsburg is going to be a scary team the rest of the season, but Bayer is just playing really well and they're playing with some luck. Even you miss two penalty kicks and you still win a match. The, the Bundesliga gods are on your side. So I like mm -hmm. Bayern in this one too. The 
match. We'll skip the Stuttgart match because we'll wrap up with that one. The other Saturday match is Hoffenheim, who was fourth on the table, versus Dortmund, who was second on the table. Uh, Hoffenheim had that surprising loss, I think, anyway, to Union. Uh, Dortmund blew out some scrub club from Freiburg. Uh, Dortmund is minus half a goal. What do you think? Yeah, if this would be the game of the week that I would watch if I could not get myself to watch uh, uh, Dortmund. Uh, yeah, I, I'm taking Hoffenheim in this one, man. I, I think Hoffenheim has been a great surprise for the league this year. And not a, I should take that back. Not a surprise, but they've been playing really well. And uh, they're, what, fourth on the table right now? They are, according to our data, fourth on the table, yes. Yeah, they're, they, they're I should have stuck with Hoffenheim when you first told me to step with, stick with Hoffenheim way back when. And I'm, I would be happy right now. But, no, I think Hoffenheim is going to take this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Dortmund on this one. Uh, Dortmund mm -hmm. is – they play, they seem to play well against competition that is at their eye level. Um, it's against the ones that are a little bit beneath them that they struggle with. They have those kind of brain farts, so to speak. And so I'm going to go Dortmund in this one minus half a goal, even though they're on the road. Furt, who has been playing really good just football lately and starting to pick up some points. They're still in a lot of trouble. 18th on the table, coming off that draw is going to face Mainz, who is ninth on the table. Mainz got that win over Bochum, one to nothing. Mainz minus half a goal. Mainz half a goal. I'll, I'll take first. I, I, I think until they do not draw, I'm going to take draws for the rest of the season for them. This is a tough one for me. I like the way Furt is playing of late, but hmm, I'm going to go Mainz minus half a point on this one or half a goal on this one that's it's just a it's a tough 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 one uh the next one is kind of tough too Bochum is 11th on the table they're coming off that loss to Mainz Cologne is eighth on the table they're coming off that big loss to Bayern Cologne minus half a goal loss oh um man this oh this is the one that I might actually want to check out um god that that's hard um it's clone half a goal. Clone minus half a goal. Minus goal. Oh, I'll take Bochum. It's you know because Jeff, I want to be with Jeff on this because I know he's not taking clone. I know <laughs> he never takes his team. <laughs> I'm going to take Bochum as well at home. Um, half a goal. Clone is they're an interesting club because they have a good match, bad match, good match, bad match. And losing big to Bayern is no. Um, listen, almost everybody does that. So maybe that's not a big deal, but I'm going to go Bochum. I, I just got this weird feeling that Bochum has figured things out. They're going to be that club that everybody's surprised is, is in kind of that 13, 14th spot by the end of the season. And I think they're going to pick up some points here. So then we go to Sunday's games, a game that I really don't care about, but I kind of need a good result for Stuttgart here is Leipzig, who is seventh versus Wolfsburg, who is 14th. The only thing that makes this game interesting from a predicting standpoint is Wolfsburg is getting one complete goal. Oss, what do you think? I'm still taking Leipzig. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the uh, same, same. Here's the thing that's bizarre is Wolfsburg, ever since they got caught, uh, was it Kohlfeldt, uh, as their head coach, has been struggling. And they're in trouble. 
And one of the things that is giving Stuttgart fans some some hope is that Wolfsburg's in maybe a worse situation than we are in terms of their future for this season. Um, and they're not that much ahead of us on the table. So if, if I was if I was Leipzig in this game at halftime, just to just to stick it to Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg a little bit, I would play Tom Petty free falling at halftime. <laughs> and I'd just put that on repeat. <laughs> free fun well done nice table <laughs> on song there all right the last match on sunday and then we'll get to the sugar freiburg match is hertha berlin who was 13th on the table versus bayern who was first on the table uh hertha got that draw versus wolfsburg bayern destroyed clone it's bayern minus 1.5 what do you got well what i've learned from this game and the previous prediction that we we just made is i don't have to watch any Bundesliga on sunday I mean, this, this is going to be Byron. I mean, Leipzig and Byron are winning these games. So I don't have to pay attention to Bundesliga at, on Sunday at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be watching mm. just out of pure schadenfreude, hoping that people around me fall apart. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll catch some of this match. Yeah, I got Byron 2 minus 1.5 goals in this one. Uh, Hertha is just, they're struggling. So it would be good for Stuttgart too if, if Byron could uh, put a beat down on, on Hertha. So we'll see what happens. So let's get to the, the big match. So the big match, it's a Saturday match. It is Freiburg is hosting uh, Stuttgart. Freiburg is currently six on the table. Freiburg is coming off that loss versus Dortmund, but Stuttgart is 17th and coming off the loss versus Leipzig. Stuttgart is getting half a goal in this one, Austin. What are you thinking? Oh, man. It, like we said before, if, if Slaughterbeck and, and Flecken are back, I, I'm liking I'm liking Freiburg in this game. But again, I think uh, Stuttgart is gelling. I think they're going to, you know, uh, form that gel a little bit more solid. And I think you guys are going to come out well. I, I'm looking at a 2-2 tie in this game. So I'll take uh, uh, Stuttgart's getting the point or Freiburg? Stuttgart is. So, so, yeah, so I'll take who, whoever's getting the point. I'm taking the minus. All right. So, you, wait, you're taking Freiburg minus half a goal or Stuttgart plus half a goal? I'm taking Freiburg minus half a goal. I, I predict this to be a 2-2 tie. Oh. But that means you would lose the bet. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll do – I'm on my winter break. Okay, well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, all right. So last time, let's get this wager out. Last time we wagered a bottle of Freiburg uh, gin versus a bottle of, I believe, some kind of uh, some kind of Caribbean beverage for yourself, which is native to Germany, I'm sure. <laughs> what do you want to do this time around? Um, hmm. Well, I... I still believe I owe you a kit from uh, years ago. So, okay. so maybe we put that into, into the pot. All right. So we wager a kit from one of our clubs. Is that how we're going to do this? Uh, I, I like that. All right. If we're in the, I won't get it for you until like, if we get uh, relegated to the second league i'll wait till the prices are cheaper so i won't get you i won't get you a first team one i'll get you a second team one all right. <laughs> the wager is a kit all right so let's wrap up this episode with your uh, kind of a new segment we started it last week it's called talk travis off the ledge all right so as you know travis is a pretty negative fellow 
And after the match, I was a, I was pretty down. So this is your opportunity to talk me off the ledge with some much needed positivity about my club. Austin, you're on the spot. My mental health needs it. What do you got? Well, first of all, I, we established last week, it's not a literal bridge, so that's good. And second of all, there's nothing to fall off of in Cleveland. So it doesn't need to be that good of a pep talk, but I think what we've been saying all along is that this team's gelling. They're going to get back to it. And like Matarazzo said, he, when he came out and said, the points are going to come. And, and I think that that's going to, you know, that's going to play out. So I think, I think you just got to, you know, be patient, let the process happen. And, and I think you're, you're going to be fine. I think you're going to take this game and, you know, I think you're going to be able to move on from here going forward. People are going to come back, gelling process. You're going to be fine. I wonder if this episode we can get a hair product gel to sponsor us because we've talked quite a bit about gel so much so that it's, it's, yeah, I don't know if it's it's a paste, it's a crazy glue gel. I don't know what's going on. But uh, yeah, if, if there's any uh, hair product gels or crazy glue, uh, glue out there that wants to sponsor <laughs> <laughs> one of the <laughs> least heard podcasts in America, give us a call. <laughs> well, well I, I believe Matt is uh, heading our, uh, our tech department. So isn't he the one that's supposed to go out there and get us some sponsorships? Yeah, that's why he's not on this podcast. <laughs> Not because he had to spend time with his family. <laughs> he's let us down. We should be rolling in the dough by now. What's going on? Yeah. All right. Well, Austin, thanks for talking me off the ledge. I'm feeling much better now. In fact, I'm going to go up and gel my hair. So I'm looking good <laughs> for, for our big match next week. All right, my man. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Have a good one. Uh,